technology has been a huge factor in the success of small businesses over the past year. Technology, we know, is really key to meet the challenges we, we have already talked about. So let me give you some examples, whether it's 5G, mobile broadband, Wi-Fi for your customers. Two key things, connectivity and security enable the small and medium businesses need to succeed. This episode is sponsored by AT&T Business. Welcome to Conversations with Des. I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined in the studio by Stacey Marks. Stacey's the president of the National Business and Channels Business Unit at AT&T Business. Hi, Stacey. Welcome to the show, and thanks for making time to join us. Hi, Des. It's great to be here, and thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I've been dying to get you on the show. So, folks, in this show, we're going to be talking about the challenges that businesses, especially small business leaders, face in a post-pandemic world, and in particular, how technology is key to meeting those challenges. So, before we dive into that, and a series of key talking points that I'd like to put to you, Stacey, I wonder if we could maybe uh, kick off with a brief introduction to you and your role as president of the National Business Unit and Channels uh, at AT&T Business. Sure. So at at and National Business and Channels, we're dedicating to supporting nearly two and a half million small and medium business customers across the United States. So we offer the small and medium business resources and technology that they need to thrive in these constantly changing times. I personally am super passionate about technology and problem solving. And so I really enjoy meeting our small and medium customers learning about their businesses so that ultimately we can help understand how technology can transform them. I'm also a mom juggling the ins and outs of raising a teenager, and I have two super unruly dogs. Oh, wow. Well, you've, uh, you've probably had a whole mix of the uh, pandemic journey experience of uh, homeschooling and, uh, and hound dogs who have been dying to go outside and have had to be a patient in the front street. I imagine that's been an interesting challenge. Uh, well, congratulations on all of that. I wonder if we could maybe delve into what a day in the life of Stacey Marks is like. And, and I guess we, we probably need to break this into a pre-COVID-19 version first and then maybe a, a, a little insight into how that's changed as a result of the, the whole global pandemic situation. Sure. So uh, as a sales leader, pre-pandemic, I was probably traveling three to four days a week uh, in support of both our customers and our employees. And so making connections over buffet lines, at cocktail hours, um, or also on customer prem. Nowadays, though, my days are more supporting our customers and sales teams. So that is the same, but everything is done virtually. And it's amazing how much we can get done and how much insight that video has given me that maybe I didn't have before. So what I mean by that is our conversations with clients are maybe a little bit more purposeful and strategic and less task-oriented. Um, I'm connecting with people across my teams and our customers. Um, I've met kids. I even met a horse online um, via a call. So <laughs> some really great items. Um, one of the things that I have picked up is that I am taking more walks. So if you're calling me, you might hear birds chirping as I'm um, taking a call through while walking. I'm craving that fresh air and exercise more than ever. I'm sure that is, I'm not alone in that. 
And it's a great way to just clear your head and get new perspective. I love it. It, it. I think if there was one thing that I would take away from the the whole pandemic experience so far is it's rehumanized us, hasn't it? I mean, I, I love the fact you've met a horse online. That's that is yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> it's uh, it, you know, it reminds me of that fellow, and I forget his name. I should start remembering it. Uh, the the Asian correspondent for the BBC who had his kids uh, come skidding down the hallway and come in the door while he was on air, and his poor partner had to try and uh, <laughs> room and uh, it became a viral meme. But um, we've all had those moments. But now it's very normal for a partner to come in and hand us a sandwich or uh, ask us a question or for kids to come past. And I, I, I personally love that. I think it's rehumanized. And I like the fact that uh, people are just a bit more real. Uh, it's, it's, it's forced us that change. And uh, it's okay to ask questions about what's, what's for dinner on a call uh, and, and, and cats and dogs and tails going past the windows. Although I've not had the horse on camera experience. I must figure out how to remedy that. Um, well, yes, indeed- yes. Quite fun. <laughs> I love it. Well, indeed, the world has changed since uh, uh, you know late 2019, um, and all indicators seem to be that we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, which, in my view, is why small to medium-sized businesses need to prepare to continue to adapt to change. So we've got some great topics to kick off with, and and uh, in fact, folks, we've got three key things that I want to cover today, and particularly the challenges that small to medium-sized uh, businesses in the retail industry and their leaders face as they uh, look to enter a post-pandemic world. And then we're going to look at uh, what the retail industry can do to address some of those key challenges, and specifically how AT&T business is helping those retail industry uh, players take advantage of their many offerings. So, Stacey, I wonder if we could maybe just uh, start with the first one here. So, the, the challenges overall that small to medium-sized businesses, and particularly retail leaders, are, are going to face in a post-pandemic world. If there was one industry... Uh, other than healthcare, which has carried more than its fair share of the pandemic burden, surely it has to be the retail sector. What challenges do retailers face as they plan now for a post-pandemic world, and especially those in the small to medium-sized business space? Well, uh, Des, the first thing that comes to mind is there is a clear shift to digital. Um, And not only that, this second part is key. There's an added emphasis on the customer experience. So let me just take you back to the early days of the pandemic. Remember, you may remember when early days when you were looking online to see if your favorite eatery had hours and they were open, only to find out that they didn't update their website. That was so annoying. So you might be smiling and remembering remembering that, but those days are long gone. Our day-to-day experiences are super different now. Everybody's comfortable having their temperature checked when they go into a store. We're doing a lot more curbside takeout. Most of us have changed our shopping habits, um, whether that be replacing local with store visits or websites. Unlike any other industry, e-commerce actually grew in 2020. So according to McKinsey, the U.S. e-commerce grew 10 years worth in just three months. So what that tells us is that we've mastered this contactless transaction, and now it's all about customer service made easy. So what COVID has revealed to retailers is that consumers want a consistent shopping experience, whether that's online or in-store. They've become very accustomed to flexible ways to shop, buy, and take home. So The two things is consistency and simplicity. 
So if I say that another way, the consumer is now expecting a personalized experience. And they're expecting that digitally. We've all seen this in our own neighborhoods. In fact, one of my favorite things is the QR code menus. When you go to a restaurant, I hope this one stays because I'm, I'm not a fan of the old tired wiped on menus. But we can also see this in curbside pickup um, and even grocery delivery. So let me just net it out. What customers want and what retailers should start thinking about is easy, intuitive user interfaces, online chat functionality, smooth digital path from product selection to shopping cart to checkout, and then, of course, easy online enabled return and replace functionality. I'm going to end with this stat. Three quarters of consumers are likely to buy from a company based entirely on their experience, regardless of the price or the product. Wow, that, that's incredible. I mean, I, I knew there were some big numbers uh, as far as the, the, the pivot and transition to online and the type of experience. I, I guess in many ways, this has exacerbated that sort of uh, what we used to call the celebrity uh, experience, customer experience to now, uh, I guess, a, a pandemic uh, behavior pattern. So the, That's qu- right. the question that comes about from this then is, is, is what can the retail industry do to address some of these challenges, right? I mean, many of them, as you mentioned, have, have had to uh, necessarily make the pivot to going online because we couldn't go to the physical stores. They've had to change their supply chain models. They've had to pivot to video and voice uh, from, from partners of choice, such as AT&T Business and yourselves uh, just overnight. And for many of these companies, it hasn't been their core business. I mean, they, they, they don't have big IT teams. They don't have telecommunications exports in-house and they've had to look to you. When we, when we think about this shift to a post-pandemic world, uh, I'm really keen to learn what this retail industry, uh, I guess these leaders can do to address these challenges. Um, you've talked about some of the challenges they faced in the, in the short to medium term around this. What's the best path for small to medium-sized businesses to take now as they pivot to address these challenges in particular? Well, I would say that investing in technology has been a huge factor in the success of small businesses over the past year. Um, And let me give you a proof point. Growing small businesses are 65% more likely to have accelerated the pace of technology investments due to the pandemic. So those who invest are actually growing. Uh, Technology, we know, is really key to meet the challenges we we have already talked about. So let me give you some examples, whether it's 5G, mobile broadband, Wi-Fi for your customers. Um, Two key things, connectivity and security enable the small and medium businesses need to succeed. Um, And those things include things like curbside service, live queuing, visual inventory, video monitoring, for example, even remote contact center solutions. Uh, Let me give you a few customer examples so that it really pops and becomes real for you. My first example is a car dealership that's located in a small town. So when the pandemic hit, their business went down because people in their local community just weren't buying cars anymore. So they began posting photos and videos of the internet or of the inventory that they had on the internet. They upgraded to dedicated internet and some sit trunking for voice, and that helped jumpstart their online activity. So thanks to this high bandwidth and high reliability, 
the dealership reach really expanded and soon they became selling cars not only in the local community, but across the United States. So great example there. Let me give you a second example, which is a family-owned brewery. And they really had to pivot their business model because really they made their own beer on site and people came to them for tasting rooms. They transformed that into a bottling operation and an outdoor patio. And so that really became a production house filling beers to go. The cool thing about this is they used their website to connect with customers. They shared updates to their business hours, also their to-go menus, um, and eventually opened a patio tap room. So these two examples give you the sense that every business has a little different need. And so what I would tell you, the one or two things that are same for every business is your immediate need. So your immediate need, of course, is connectivity and cyber. Those should be the very first steps. I do want to talk a minute about cybersecurity. The most common thing I hear from our small businesses is that they're so small, they'll never get attacked. I'm here to tell you that is just not true. You are never too small to be attacked. It only takes one attack to bring the business to its knees. And let me give you a, a two proof points. Number one, in a recent article in Security Magazine, small businesses are the number one target for cyber criminals, with 60% of the small businesses close within six months after an attack. So that's proof point number one. Proof point number two, and despite this, 43% of SMBs lack any type of cybersecurity defense plan. These are eye-opening statistics. So it's even more important now than ever, especially if you have remote teams, to get smart security as part of your regular routine. So it could be something super simple. Do stronger passwords for devices, emails, etc. Have a plan in case of an incident. Um, but Going back to the original, once you have a network connection and protection for your network, then what you need to do is look for a technology that enables you to communicate easier with your teams and your customers. So AT&T, of course, has many amazing um, examples of this, whether it be WebEx or a unified communication solu solution like AT&T Office at Hand. Those are two examples. Fantastic. In in all of that, one of the things that was uh, sort of coming to mind was sort of what that journey looks like from a, a customer's point of view uh, when they're they're reaching out to it and and working through this process. I mean, there's probably a couple of examples. I wonder if we could just uh, circle back and delve into in a little more detail. Uh, in the outbreak of the pandemic, particularly in North America, uh, obviously people had to pivot overnight immediately. They, you know, they were told they were locked down. They they couldn't have people in the retail stores. They didn't have foot traffic. They had to get websites up and running. And now we have a scenario where people have a little more breathing space, but a lot of those immediate impacts are still there. Uh, but society has shifted to a slightly different, uh, I guess, consumer behavior pattern. During both of those scenarios, what is that journey like for a customer when they go through the process of realizing their core business is not cybersecurity or voice or data or any of those things, and they, and they realize they need to find a partner of choice such as AT&T Business, and they need to speak to yourself and your team? 
What is that sort of journey like for them from the initial conversation to we we don't have an IT team, we don't have a, a cybersecurity team, we know we have a requirement. How can you help us? What is that journey like? And and what are the the normal sort of steps that they go through working with you to get from we know we've got a problem, we don't quite know what it is, to then documenting and designing a solution and implementing it and trialing that. I wonder if you could just walk us through some of those processes so that people can understand what that's like and and learn from that if they haven't already been through that themselves. Sure, I'd be happy to. So the number one thing is that it's okay to say, I don't know. So don't feel that you need to be a technology expert to have a conversation with a TNT. We understand that you're in the business of making your business thrive, and we're here to help you um, in that journey. So that's number one. Um, oftentimes, we feel like clients will come to us uh, thinking that they have to do all of this homework only to, to realize, gosh, maybe their homework took them down a different path. So number one is just be open to the possibilities. But number two is be open to where you want your company to go. Um, and versus where they are, um, and have some um, ideas. Many of the AT&T business reps um, deal with many different businesses, and because of that, it gives them a really nice foundation to make recommendations. Perhaps they've seen other clients in your same industry. Perhaps they've talked to somebody who's not in your same industry, but who has encountered a similar problem. So that's the beautiful thing about having a resource like AT&T to help um, go through that transition. So the specific discussion literally starts with what is it, how does your business operate today? And the more detail you can give us, um, the better. So it's not enough to say we sell cars online. Well, what do you do? What do you do? How long does the client spend online? How do you interface with your clients? For example, how do you bill? All of those things give the AT&T team clues into the type of technology that's going to help you. And then also we have really cool things like um, IoT or Internet of Things um, that can really future-proof your business as well. So don't only think about where you are today. Think about where you'd like to go. Um, and then the world is your oyster because technology is ever-changing um, and we're here to assist. Indeed. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that just comes to mind is that, you know, you talked about the, the car t- retail example, and, I, and I've independently heard of a number of, of, of examples of what AT&T business has been doing, talking to some of your peers and associates across the business over the last uh, number of months. And it strikes me that uh, often in small to medium-sized businesses, particularly retail, it's it's very much the case that there's like a set and forget things. Like if I've deployed my FPOS terminals, they're there, they just work. I don't want to think about it. If I put in my cash register, it should just work. If I put in a, a barista station, but is it the case? And I imagine it, it, it is that, that really now organizations should be having a continuing conversation with you. So they might start out with version 1.0, where, where do we need to be to get through the pandemic in the first sort of couple of months? And then down the path, have another conversation about, okay, what do we need to do next? Is it the case and is it fair to say that for our listeners, they should be looking to have an ongoing conversation with yourself and your team across AT&T business as to how you can keep helping them evolve and grow and build beyond where they are currently as opposed to just expecting a one-time call and go, yep, we've band-aided everything. We can go back to being a small retailer or cafe or restaurant and we've got our QR codes. I imagine it's the case that there's this, this ideal scenario of an ongoing conversation about iterative steps 
uh, natural sensible uh, growth patterns and a roadmap that you take them through so that over time they continue to grow and develop their business and different capabilities outside their core strengths. Uh, it isn't really just a, a one-off thing that they they ring up and they get a magic bullet and then it's done, is it? That's correct um, uh, across many fronts. So number one, security. That's what we talked about most recently. And the security landscape is always changing. So uh, back to what I hear oftentimes is, oh, I bought a firewall. I'm fine. Actually, you're not. Uh, that, that landscape changes quite often. So at the minimum, that, of course. And then to your broader point, does about um, as the landscape shifts, I would tell you right now for sure, as we have kind of three things happening over the next year. So we have those things that are completely back to normal, and they might be, I'm going to call that physical. So people might be coming into your stores, and it feels very normal. We also have um, uh, virtual people who really aren't comfortable going into the store, but they still want to purchase your online. That's virtual. But then there's this big thing in the middle, and I like to call that fidgetal. So it's, hey, maybe I want to go um, online and see it, but then go into the store to buy it. This is not a new phenomenon. But what is new is that the impact it's having on a small and medium business, especially retail, because remember, customer experience is above everything else. So the easier you can do that, the better. And these technologies are continuously changing. So you're right. That continuous conversation is super key. Yeah, indeed. I, I'm reminded of uh, that big shift we saw in consumer behavior where uh, small retailers, particularly in, in apparel and clothing, and certainly in, in and women's clothing, they'd have their very expensive uh, products on the shelves or in the hangar in the store. That was essentially their small warehouse. Maybe had some things in boxes out the back and people came in, they tried them, they bought them on the spot, took them home. And then we had this experience where they became e-commerce enabled and they could sell online, but people still wanted to come to the store and try things but then put it back on the rack and head it out. And so retailers learned that they didn't have, as, have to store as much stock in the store anymore. They could fulfill from a warehouse locally. And now we've got the other end of the spectrum, which is I don't even want to come to the store to try it. Um, can I do it in a virtual sense and, and so forth? And can I punch my measurements in? And, and now we're going back into sort of this hybrid. And I like your, uh, your coinage. It's very cool. Uh, vigil where they, they may be going to try it at a local retail store, but now that retail store doesn't have to fulfill from the store. They can say, well, we'll ship it directly to your home. Uh, I, I'm noticing some stats online where people are buying more like that now because they don't have to carry it around in bags with them, which is an interesting mm -hmm. finding. One of the, you know, one of the things I'd love to, 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 to put to you is, is this question of how AT&T business is helping these retail industry players take advantage of your mini offerings. You've spoken about a number of the key offerings you've, you've, you've worked on so far, but I, I think it's fair to say that one of the key challenges of small to medium-sized um, business and particularly retailers is finding the right trusted advisor and, and, and partner of choice to help them gain access to a range of the technologies you've spoken about and, and more importantly, implement these new technologies and particularly the likes of 5G or cybersecurity you've spoken to. I wonder if you can speak more broadly now about how AT&T business uh, solutions have been helping uh, some of the small to medium-sized businesses and, and what you can do to help them going forward. Some, some of the key examples with products that they may not have considered, technologies they may not have considered, or, or more importantly, some of the capabilities that AT&T business brings to the table that they may not have previously considered that they should be talking about now. Sure. So at AT&T, we are dedicated to helping the small businesses succeed. So like you said, we have a plethora of technologies. 
Um, but as a small business, one of the things that we often hear is, hey, where do I begin? So I know I need technology. I know the world has shifted technology. I understand everything you're talking about. Simply put, I'm not sure where to start. So what we did is we developed several different options for you. So number one is a social media playbook, and it's called Going Virtual Guide. So you can find this on our website. Uh, And what it does is it will walk you through every step in uncovering the right technology and strategy. So let me give you a couple of examples. How to set up a website, how to open an e-commerce store, how to put digital marketing to work for your brand, how to build a social media presence, and how to manage virtual teams. So all of that, again, it's called the Going Virtual Guide, um, and it's on our website. The second thing that we're doing is we have a series called Tech Demystified. Um, And I love this series because uh, it's a recognition of many of our small and medium businesses day in and day out. They're doing everything and they're super knowledgeable about their business. But frankly, technology is not at the forefront of what they think. So if this sounds like you, this series is for you. So it's really the understanding the technology and if it's right for your business. And it's done in a simple language without any technical jargon. So I love it for that reason. The third thing that we're doing is we have a Barbara Corcoran webinar series. um, And this one can be accessed anywhere and anytime. And I'm a big fan of this series. And it's called Business Unusual. And it's focused on tangible tips for small businesses. Um, it's the, the right technology can provide um, a more seamless experience online and in person. So really three great examples. Beyond that, of course, you should contact AT&T. You can follow us on Twitter, um, on LinkedIn. We have our websites as well. Fantastic. And one of the things that uh, I wanted to highlight was that you mentioned a couple of times you know, this idea that uh, organizations come to you for advice and insight. I mean, I think one of the things that small to medium-sized businesses need to keep in mind is that a lot of these things you're talking about, it's not their core business, as you've mentioned a couple of times, <clears throat> and they need the right partner of choice where it is your core business, whether it's cybersecurity or video and data, uh, voice and data, whatever the case may be. Um, it it must be the case that a lot of these conversations you have are often in an advisory role, where whether they're buying today or not. They just want to have a conversation with somebody who is an expert in these technologies. And I, I did like when I actually uh, had a look earlier at your um, your whole portal around that going virtual playbook. And what I, what struck me was that you actually wrote a personal note, a personal message, dear friends, uh, right at the front of that web page. And I invite people to have a look at it. It's at business.att.com. Uh, and it's right on the middle of the page, uh, your going virtual uh, business playbook. Uh, and you can download it as a PDF, as you said, but right on the front, what struck me was you start a conversation right there, dear friends, since COVID-19, the pandemic hit us, et cetera, et cetera. And it's from you personally. I, I love that. And I think it's important for people to remember that it's okay to reach out and have a conversation and to look to you as a business advisor, as a technology advisor. Is it fair to say that is, is essentially the role you play in many ways across the board? It's not just about selling products and services, it's about providing a lot of that advisory services, a lot of that business support, and just helping people figure out what that journey might be they need to take? That's exactly right. Uh, and uh, the one thing that the pandemic showed us was that people were feeling a little outside their realm, if you will. 
So they had this recognition that they need to do it, but they really didn't know how to start. Um, and that's why we started that Dear Friends, because it really was meant as a, hey, here's a user guide. Let us help you think through um, how to do it. So absolutely, that's what we're here for. Fantastic. Well, I wonder if I can get you to do one last thing for us, because we've had a fantastic conversation so far on some of the key challenges that people have had to deal with so far, and certainly some of the things they should think about today uh, with regard to their transition to a post-pandemic world. Um, one of the things I love to ask my guests to do is to kind of do a little bit of uh, virtual crystal ball gazing for a moment. So if I was to say to you, Stacey, if I hand you this virtual crystal ball and ask you to gaze upon it for a moment, um, what in your view uh, is coming over the horizon? What sort of things such small to medium-sized businesses, and particularly the retail organizations as we're talking about in that whole industry of retail, what should they be planning for in the short to medium term, sort of 12 to 18 months? What's coming over the horizon? What are the big things they should be thinking about that are coming up? They may not have to do it today, but need to start thinking about to, to pivot from pandemic response to post-pandemic to then whatever the new normal might be. We don't know what that is, and I don't know there ever will be a new normal. But what are some of those things, if you were to do a little crystal ball gazing to sort of advise people, what sort of conversations should they, they be having with themselves now? What should be on their regular agendas to discuss with themselves and their teams and their business partners? And more importantly, with yourselves uh, in, in the role of a strategic business advisor and technology advisor and partner of choice to help them go through that journey. What are some of those things they should be thinking about? Well, the number one thing that I think as I look a little bit past where we've come, as well as as I look into the future, I don't see changing is that we will continue to see more and more data traffic and voice traffic across our network. Um, and so, for example, AT&T now does 468 petabytes of data across our network, which is up 40% year over year. So you might be thinking, yes, but I'm a small business. What does this have to do with me? And what it has to do with you is that the virtual connections are now a new normal. And so people are very accustomed to that. So what does that mean for you as a retailer? So that's point number one is that you should be thinking about whether that's your employees or your clients. Number two is, and we've I've talked about it and at the at the, at the Risk of being repetitive, customer experience is leading the way. So the customer expectation have changed already. So you're not the same um, person you were a year ago with your expectation, and that will continue to change. We're very demanding now. Um, we expect a flawless experience, regardless of how we choose to shop, whether that be virtual um, physical or what I like to call digital. Um, the number three thing that we I would tell you to think about is the importance of order fulfillment. Uh, and this is the whole supply chain. Now, this is a topic we haven't touched on before right now, but these retailers need to deliver the goods, right? So in, as, a, as a consumer, we're looking for that instant gratification. Um, and now 90% of the consumers see two to three day delivery as the baseline. And just under a third at 30% expect same day delivery. So this is a big to do for retailers. So I would say 80% of the retailers, they plan to concentrate their 2022 supply chain spending on addressing the constant demand of this e-commerce fulfillment. 
So if you haven't put thought into this, this is one area that I think that you should start to really think about. Yeah, fantastic advice. Absolutely. And and I think that's going to continue to evolve. Uh, and, uh, you know, e- even if we imagine a post-pandemic world, uh, I imagine that that consumer behavior is going to continue to, to transform and continue, continue to pivot. And as we uh, get into the habit of moving around the world again, uh, I don't know what that's going to look like, but certainly it's going to continue to provide more and more challenges to businesses. I think it's going to be a brave new world for us. And I think when when organizations do leverage the capabilities that you and your team there at at and Business, uh, across all of your national business uh, uh, channels, can help them with, uh, as you said, whether it's uh, cybersecurity, whether it's technology, voice and data, or, or in some cases, uh, looking at the way the organizations are leveraging supply chain and fulfillment. Uh, there's going to be a brave new world that we get to, and I, I, I believe that uh, it will be a better place. I have to believe that because <laughs> I don't think there's any going backwards. Well, Stacey, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you so much for making time to catch up with me. I, I'm, I'm so enthused by what you and your team are doing there. Uh, in, in your business unit at National Business and Channels. And there can be no doubt with, with some 6,000 professionals at your beck and call, uh, partnering with over 2.5 million small to medium-sized business customers around your market there, that uh, you are making a significant impact, positive impact on, on their lives, personally, professionally, and the consumers' lives. And, uh, and here's to a continuation of that. And uh, hopefully having you back on the show again soon to uh, look at kind of what what took place in a few months' time and, and where we are then, because I think it's going to be a continually uh, a shifting uh, landscape and uh, hopefully a bigger and better. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. And uh, again, as I said, we'll look forward to having you back on the show again soon. Thank you very much.